0: Good morning, Lake Church. Hello.
1: (laughs) As they're getting set up, I do want to uh, make you aware of a very special guest that is with us today, and he'll be with us through Wednesday. But uh, he is our wonderful partner in the in the Dominican Republic, and I would like Pastor Ramon Hernandez to stand up for us and uh, greet the people. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. Ramon, come on. Now, this is what the Lord told me. How many want to have a real good Christmas this year? You know what? I, I, I believe you'll have a real good Christmas if you give to this gentleman right here. Uh, I believe that he is a kingdom of God ATM. And so I just encourage you If the Lord lays it upon your heart, there's no arm twisting here. We're we're giving stuff to him, getting him prepared. Uh, Praise the Lord, we were able to uh, purchase him a a brand-new laptop, amen. We're going to get that in there. And uh, we're going to get him some mics and some things to help his ministry. And uh, so if you feel led, you just come up and give him one of those holy handshakes. I'll tell you what, it'll be a great blessing to you because when you put other people first. When you put the world first in your giving, God transforms your finances because we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things shall be added unto us. Amen. Amen. And I tell you what, this is a walking, breathing, living opportunity to be able to sow into someone that is making an impact in a nation of the world in the Dominican Republic. This is an apostle right here. Don't, don't be fooled by his diminutive stature. He's a powerhouse. Amen. He's so small he comes with his own certificate of authenticity. <laughs> But we love him and we support him and you can help us support him every month. We'd like to increase our support to help his apostolic ministry that he has to the nation and uh, Santiago and Santo Domingo and uh, San Juan and all over. There are pastors that look to this guy for guidance and counsel and, uh, and ministry uh, wisdom. And uh, this is someone that is, you, you want to see an apostle? You got one right here. You got one right here. And uh, you know what? When we give, praise God, it is brought back to your account. Remember what the apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 4? He said, he said this. He said, uh, I'm not praying that I could get something. He said, I'm praying that it may abound to your account. And that's what I got in the spirit as we were worshiping the Lord, that he's here for a reason. So let's love him up. And how do we love Pastor Ramon up? We support him. Amen. And uh, if you have anything that you would like to give in regards to, uh, you can give monthly through our uh, ministry here. And we'll make sure that 100% goes to him and the ministry that he's building there. And we're looking for great things in the next year. Amen? Some powerful things. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's give him a warm welcome as he goes. We love you. We love you. We love you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. But he'll be with us on Wednesday, and he'll be giving a report about his ministry in the uh, Dominican Republic. So be encouraged by that. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm just going to go ahead and And uh, pray for people. Uh, We've got some people that got some needs in their body. And uh, we need to pray for for Bud Reed back here. Praise God. Bud, would you stand up? Amen. And uh, hallelujah. Richard, would you stand up, my brother? Richard Mueller, would you stand up? And if you have a need in your body right now... I want you to stand up in the name of Jesus. Amen. And uh, I'm going to come out there, and I'm going to pray for you right now. Uh, me and, uh, and uh, <clears throat> praise God. Hallelujah. Let's, let's all just begin to worship the Lord and give him praise. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your healing power. Glory to God. Hallelujah. For the Lord is good. And as mercy endures forever, amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just come against this attack of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus, and we speak life and health into his lungs right now. Divine life going forth right now in the name of Jesus, coming against any of these spots on his lungs right now in Jesus' name. We command them to dissipate and to die right now in Jesus' name. And we declare that Jesus is Lord, not cancer. Jesus is Lord over this man's life and over this man's body. He has been bought with a price. He is called of God. We rebuke any sickness and command it to leave right now in Jesus' name. And we lift up his precious wife right now in the name of Jesus. And we declare life and health and vibrancy in the name of Jesus. Going forth right now in Jesus' name Amen. And we call it done. Hallelujah. Let's shout to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God. In the name of Jesus. We just speak life and health and vibrancy in the name of Jesus. The Lord just spoke to me and said, You need a life transfusion of divine life. And it's coming forth right now in the name of Jesus. To every fiber and cell of your being right now in Jesus' name. You're energized by the life of God that's within you right now. Quickening your body right now in Jesus' name. Giving life and health in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name. Come forward, my sister, in the name of Jesus. We speak life and health and we lay hands on her in the name of Jesus. We thank you for life and health and total restoration and healing of her body right now in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. The battle is in the mind, saith the Lord. The battle is in the mind. For there has been a lie that has been shared with you and has been propounded within your mind and has broken you down at times to where you've just began to despair of life But know that I am at work, saith the Lord, and I will bring it forth, and I shall bring it to pass. For my word shall not fail, saith God, and I will bring you through, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Life, health. Right now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Mm. Mm. There's a burden on you. There's a burden on you. And it's a burden of caring for your mother. But know this, that I am taking care of her, that I am going to see her through, that I am going to see her into glory, and you're going to be rejoicing over what I'm going to do in the next few days. But cast your care on me, saith the Lord, and you'll begin to see great and mighty things. And that burden shall be broken off of you in the name of my son. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Who else do we have here? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hey, let's lift our hands and give God praise. Hallelujah. He's good. He's good. I'm going to come over here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Life and health and vibrancy right now in Jesus' name. Life and health and vibrancy in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. There's been burden. There's been burden. There's been weight upon your life. There's been weight that you've allowed to just come and overtake and almost suffocate you, saith the Lord. But know that I'm breaking it off of you right now in the name of Jesus, and you're going to experience great freedom and great liberty. And you're going to have strong breath in your lungs in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Strong breath in your lungs right now as the power of God's going forth into your lungs, into your respiratory system, into your pulmonary system right now. In Jesus' name, by the stripes of Jesus, you're healed. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up our sister right now. In Jesus' name, we thank you for the healing power of God. From the top of her head to the soles of her feet, in the name of Jesus, we declare that she is healthy and whole and vibrant in the name of Jesus. We speak life into her body, into every fiber, into every cell. And we drive out all sickness and weakness right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Is there anyone else? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Can we give God a shout of praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. We don't need to tolerate that stuff in our lives. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We're the ecclesia, the called out ones. We are yes. anointed Hallelujah. by the Spirit of God, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Filled Hallelujah. with the Spirit of God and His yes. quickening power. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. <clears throat> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen 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 well i'm going to turn this over to pastor kevin Rhonda. give them a warm welcome as they are
0: seated amen well, good morning lake church uh, we are excited i feel like the apostle paul said with fear and trembling i'm sitting before you this morning because <laughs> uh, it's our turn to share about our story and um You know, we were praying yesterday about, you know, sharing, trying to get ourselves on the same page. And uh, I just felt like God was saying that there are people who are struggling in their marriages. Um, And that some are even in 911 situations. I don't know if that's in here or if that's online. But uh, we have good news for you today. That the same grace... You know, we, we, we didn't uh, make it to where we are today because um, that we got good at marriage. <laughs> we sit before you today just as a product of the grace of God. I'm telling you that if it wasn't for the grace of God, we would not be together today. And earlier this year, uh, in October, we celebrated 20 years of marriage. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's a miracle. <laughs> it's a miracle. And we um, we got together and we renewed our vows really um, more as a witness. We wanted to do that more for our kids and our grandkids than anything. We wanted it to be a demonstration to them because they know better than anybody the good, the bad, and the ugly that we went through to get to where we are today. And let me tell you. Uh, Rhonda talked about that that day um, that we went through hell to get here, yeah. <laughs> and um, but we overcome you know, and god God be glorified in that, you know, we celebrated twenty years this year. We have four kids, she had two, I had two coming into our marriage, so uh, we have four grandkids now, so we are super blessed. I mean, God has just blessed us so much. And so really today we're just going to testify to how God is able. If you just hang on to Him, hang in there. (laughs) And you'll trust in Him, I'm telling you. uh, His Word is forever settled in heaven. And His Word has the power to make wrong things right. His Word has the power to transform your individual life. And that's what it takes to transform a marriage. You each have to be transformed. Because, listen, we are messed up. (laughs) And I'm telling you, there may be different degrees of that. But uh, we were were really messed up. Um, And um, so we're just going to share with you kind of our story. I don't know how far we'll get into that. And then some of the things that we struggled with and then how we overcame. You know, the things we learned along the way. But before we do, I just want to read the verse that Pastor Greg and Pastor Karen shared last week. I feel like it's just the text for this series. It's uh, Psalm 11 and verse 3. It says, If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? That is so true because the problems in our life are that we are not operating by the principles that we were created to live by. And we were taught wrong ways of living, you know. Um, and so, really, the Christian life is about learning to align yourself, realign yourself to the principles that God uh, designed our life to, to be lived by. And, you know, God decided uh, to invent, He invented marriage before the foundation of the world. So He didn't, like, create a couple of people and go, Oh, man, how's this going to work? No, there's a divine design that God had in his mind from before the foundation of the world. And when we live by those principles, there's a blessing attached to it. It's like with any law in the world. When you cooperate with it, there's a blessing. When you violate it, well, the opposite. <laughs> there's trouble, you know. And um, it's kind of like with your car. You know, if you notice you have abnormal wear and tear on your tires, uh, most of the time that's caused because your car is out of alignment. And you can put new tires on your car, but if you don't get it aligned, the same wear and tear is going to happen again. And that happens in people's lives because they get married, they don't know how to operate, they have wear and tear on their marriage and on their lives to the point of being broken, and then they end up divorced. And they get remarried to someone and they haven't changed the, the situation that caused, was caused the first time. And then the same thing happens again. And what's sad to say is that in, the Christian, in Christianity, we have almost as high a divorce rate as there is in the world. And the reason why is because a lot of people have their name written in heaven, but they don't understand how to operate in heavenly principles on earth. So we have to submit ourselves to God's ways if we want to have what he intended for us. And so we're up here to talk about blended families, obviously. Um, you know, we were both married before. but I, We have good news for you today. God has grace for blended Amen. families. And so, you know, growing up, I grew up uh, in seventh grade. My parents were divorced. So I come from a broken uh, home, and it affected me uh, I didn't realize at the time as much as I do now. And, um, you know, it just causes you to not see an accurate model of how marriage is supposed to look. And that's how we learn. You know, your kids don't do what you say. They do what you do. So, you know, we're meant to learn by modeling. And when we don't see an accurate model, and none of us have. Because there is even the greatest marriage in the world falls short of the standard that God has. So we've all seen the wrong model. We've followed after that. We perpetuate it through the generations. But we can take a stand and we can change that and we can reverse that, you know, by submitting to the Lord. So, you know, I grew up in that, um, ended up getting married. And uh, that marriage dissolved after a period of years, about eight years, didn't last that long. Um, but I did get two wonderful kids out of that, and I thank the Lord for that. Um, but it did. My parents' divorce affected me negatively, and um, so I perpetuated that. I, I, You know, that you just do what you see, what you've seen, and, and, you know, you just try to survive. But marriage, you know, we were created, God created marriage as a way for man and woman to rule and have dominion together. And dominion isn't about surviving, guys. God has something a lot higher in store than that. We're supposed to be overcoming and conquering in the administration of God's kingdom on the earth. So that's kind of my background. And then I wanted Rhonda to kind of share her experience because it's different.
2: Yeah, but I have a question first. Okay. Were you, re- <laughs> were you referring to me as the tie or our marriage? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Let's just move on from that. <laughs> that sounds like a trap question. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just thought of that as
2: you were saying that. Why, um, like Kevin was saying, you know, when we walked into our marriage, um, what we had lived through affected us greatly. My parents divorced when I was 14, but it didn't um, affect me negatively. This might sound a little weird, but I celebrated when my parents divorced because I had an abusive father. And because of that, um, I had trust issues with men. Not realizing it, it hardened me um, to where I was a teenager um, trying to be tough. And I didn't need a man in my life. I didn't need a father. And what he had done to me wasn't going to stop me from being, you know, successful in life and happy and so on. Um, So I was just, I hardened with that. And then I got married right out of high school, divorced within five years. Um, You know, a lot of issues there. And it just added to that. I don't need a man, I can do this, without him or a a husband or whatever, ended up being a single mom, I had two daughters, Uh, single for many, many years, Um, I had a career, I was independent, so I was still pushing forward with that, I don't need a man, I can do this, I can raise two girls on my own. but deep down inside, I wanted that, what I thought was a normal family um, functioning in my life. You know, I would see out and about, you know, couples with children. And I just desired that for myself. Um, I desired it for my children. Um, but it just wasn't happening, I guess you could say. And in the books, I was a saved When I was a young child, in and out of church, um, after my parents' divorce, out of church completely until I got married, I started going on my own. And then um, life kind of took me away, and then it was just kind of in and out. But God put me in a a work environment, which was a a Christian environment. So I started hearing more about God's grace, his love, um, the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. Not that I bought into it, (laughs) All the way, because, not to be ugly, but I was raised in a church to where um, speaking in tongues was of the devil. I'll just put it that way. Um, So I had a lot of confusion when it came to um, God's word, because I wasn't getting into his word by myself. I was just letting other people minister to me. Um, So then going into our marriage, you know, I had this unrealistic expectation of what marriage was about. And what I, what the purpose was? Because I went into marriage thinking he's going to make me happy. He's going to, you know, like Pastor Greg said, the Jerry Maguire. You know, he completes me. You know, that's what, what I was were you looking.
0: Were
2: wrong? For. <laughs> oh, was I wrong? Um, but we do. We get these unrealistic expectations from the, the world, television. You know, in my day, you know, we grew up watching soap operas. <laughs> You know, and it was like the man went to work, came home in his suit, you know, lived in a beautiful home, the white picket fence, you know, everything was great. Um, I mean, it was just all these unrealistic expectations, not realizing, you know, Kevin was talking about the divine purpose of marriage, and, you know, that's for us to glorify God and to expand his kingdom. And like when you said something about renewing our vows to show our children, you know, we went through, like he said, hell, but we put them through that, too. Mm-hmm. And I hate that. And our grandkids have gotten pieces of it. Um, but, you know, like I said, it was just everything in our lives growing up and as young adults before we met, we took in to the marriage and shared it is what it was, mm-hmm. you know. So we had a yeah. lot of baggage.
0: Right, right, Yeah, yeah a lot that when you're blending a family, there's, you know, it's hard for anyone to come together as a married couple, but we weren't just trying to learn to live together as a married couple, but also trying to, you know, blend a family, and the blending of our family wasn't, you know, there wasn't a problem with our kids, you know, they got along great and everything, there really wasn't a problem there. It was a problem between us in regard to our kids. And, you know, there's a lot of, um, oh, fears and things that you deal with, you know, because you fear partiality towards some or some not being treated the same as others. There's just a lot of fears and things. And um, I had a lot of guilt because before... After my divorce from my first wife, I lived several years just on the streets kind of partying. I was a drug addict and things like that. And so I was, I saw my kids off and on, but not regularly. And so I had a lot of guilt about not being as much of a part of their life as I should have been. So, you know, eventually when I got saved and wanted to do things right, man, there was a lot of things that I dealt with. So, without getting ahead of myself, let me just uh, share a little bit more that when Rhonda and I met, you know, I was working at the auction. My family had an auction. If you're from around here, you've probably heard of Varnell's auction. It was here for years and years and years. And I worked there with my family. And um, at the time, I was trying to you know, kind of do things right. And Rhonda's mom had a furniture store in Drumright, so they used to come over and buy furniture. She'd sit on the front row. Her and Alyssa would sit on the front row. And I was working, and, uh, you know, she went home with the best thing that they had at the auction, I'll say. (laughs) That's a joke. (laughs) Anyways. I didn't expect that to come out that way.
2: (laughs) I never bid on him.
0: (laughs) No. Okay. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this one. do you
2: want to share, I mean, how that occurred?
0: Sure. Do you?
2: Oh, yeah. I sure will. (laughs) So, he's saying, you know, and we do, we thank God. For what he's done in our marriage. But honestly, we would not be together if it wasn't for Alyssa. Because, (laughs) and he he won't deny this, but one night um, I had gotten off work like at 10 o'clock that that night. And I had brought home a puppy for Alyssa and our household. And anyway, so when I went into the auction, I got her because she was there with my mom. And I was like come to the car with me. Well, he didn't realize that I was just taking her out there to show her the new puppy. He thought I was leaving, so he chased me. He says, no, he didn't, but he did. He chased me out that door. And all of a sudden, as I'm opening up the door and pulling out this dog, a puppy or whatever, to surprise Alyssa, he's like, hey, are you leaving? And I turned around, and I'm like, no. And he's like, I, I was just wondering if you'd want to go out with me sometime. And I said, Mm, I don't know. I'll think about it. Because at that point in my life, I had decided, because, you know, like I said, I was a single mom for many years, and I was going to the clubs. I know that's not going to be looked down on, because we heard something about that last week. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Um... trying to, you know, find love in the wrong place, I guess. But anyway, so, you know, I had decided a couple of years before that that I was just going to quit going out, quit trying to find someone and to put in my life and just let my life be handed over to God. And, you know, I was just wanting to focus on God and my kids. And when that occurred, I'm going to share this real quick, too. Um, <laughs> I had really been seeking God and just wanting a godly man and Anyway, I remember one night I went to bed and I left TBN on, on my television. It was in the living room. And anyway, I was just praying and, you know, just for God to send me someone. And then I woke up. I was awakened in the middle of the night and I heard a man's voice, I thought. I heard, Rhonda. And I thought, oh, my God, who's in my apartment? Because it was just me and Alyssa. And I heard, Rhonda, you are going to marry a preacher someday. And I knew it was God speaking to me. And I instantly thought, oh, God, who? What, what godly man would want me? You know, I've been married, divorced. I had a child when I wasn't married. Um, I go to the clubs. You know, I'm just not a good person. And that's when I really felt like God was like, you deserve my best. You know? So anyway... That's when I decided I didn't want anything to do with anyone. I was just going to focus on him and my children. Two years later, he's running out going, you want to go out sometime? "Mm, I don't know. (laughs) I'll think about it. I was just focused on the dog and Alyssa at that time. So on the way home to figure out how we got together, Alyssa said, so, Mom, are you going to go out with him sometime? And I'm like, I don't know, Alyssa. I just don't know about it. And she's like, Mom, I think you should. And I was like, why? And she said, because he called me sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I was all about my daughter. So I'm like, okay. So that's how we got together.
0: That was genuine, though. I wasn't manipulating. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, well, just let to me fast shut forward. Real quick,
2: though. Yeah. But isn't it amazing that when I met him, he was not a preacher? Right. right. But
0: look at God's promise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, you know, just to say and comment on, you know, Alyssa saying that to her. God speaks through, you know, you got to be open to hearing the voice of the Lord through anyone, you know. And so, um, you know, we began, we went out on a date. You know, we really got along very well. Um, But due to just kind of over time... I don't know, I don't remember how long it was exactly, it wasn't a long time, but we ended up, we lived together before we got married, so, you know, we were off on the wrong foot, for sure, and then because of, you know, my lifestyle and stuff, I ended up going to jail, um, after us living together about a year, I think it was, and, um, Anyway, she, during that time, began to go to a Bible study with her mom and uncle and her aunt, and they were, she was learning a lot of stuff while I was gone, but it was at that time, whenever I went to Joe's, when I got saved, so I actually surrendered my life to the Lord, and um, had my, trans- my uh, conversion experience that you've all heard about many times, but when I got out, um, eventually when I got out, we knew we wanted to be together, but we wanted to do things right uh, in a way that glorified God, so a few months later, we ended up getting married, and we never really had uh, a lot of conflict before, but the the thing is is once we got married, all hell broke loose. <laughs> you know you go into they oh, this is going to be wonderful, you know we both want to serve the Lord. Uh, I'm saved, I'm all excited about Jesus. We're going to get married and we're going to live happily ever after. (laughs) Wrong. (laughs) Though the worst fight we'd ever had up until that point was the night before we got married. (laughs) Um, Just the enemy, uh, this is something you need to understand. The enemy opposes marriage because marriage is given to mirror The relationship between Christ and the church. And the enemy wants to distort that image to where we can't see clearly how that's supposed to work. And man, he just came in because we were both, you know, even though she'd been a Christian for a long time. We were baby Christians, you know, so we were very, very immature And then with both of us having children, there was a lot of protection of our kid. you know.
2: Don't you hurt my baby. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I mean, I don't know. There's probably people out here that have experienced that. But you have, you know, you have this, you know, uneasiness about coming together in regard to that. And it's hard. It it, it is a lot hard. I mean, that is hard to do um, because...
2: can I say something about Yeah. That? We never talked about it right. before we got married. We we never discussed anything about how we would blend our, our family, you know, mm-hmm. his parenting styles versus my parenting styles. We never discussed that. You know, I think it's so important when people do the premarital counseling, you know, and Kevin has counseled with several and then I'll join in with them, too. And that's one of the things that I admire about that is the discussion of how are you gonna handle your finances. We had issues with that. How are you gonna handle do you want kids? And if you do want kids, you know, have you ever thought about how many? How are you gonna raise them? You know, we, we weren't gonna have any, but we never talked about any of that. We did have premarriage counseling, you know, um, with his papa But he was just like, when the man leaves the wife uh, or the parents, he'll cleave to his wife, you know. And it's just stuff that we're like, yeah, 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 we're Christians. We'll be fine. I mean, that's what we were thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, But we never talked about important information.
0: Right. Yeah. Premarital counseling is so important. The more you can get discussed and come to uh, agreement on beforehand, the better. You know, um, and especially, you know, blending families, man, that's just another animal. So we were, you know, fighting a lot about that kind of stuff. Not only that, I mean, you know, money, all the different issues that people deal with in their life. And then, I'd forgotten about this, but I actually was thinking about this this morning. You know, we were both had just gotten on fire for the Lord, so we were... uh, you know, pursuing God. And it's crazy. You can even fight about that. Yeah. We did. <laughs> you know, I had started preaching some, going to Bible school. So, you know, I I have to admit, I was feeling superior in a lot of ways, you know. Um, I You know, I didn't intend to. But, you know, even our discussions about that could turn into a fight, you know. Um
2: well, and then I had jealousy mm-hmm. over that because, which I'm so thankful for it now, but he spent every waking hour that he wasn't working or I wasn't at work. I mean, either in the Word, watching something, on the computer, studying, you know, Andrew Womack, um, teachings. I mean, he. I got jealous of God. Because it's like you're spending more time with him than me, you know. (laughs) And you know, even though I could be doing the same thing at the same time, I was still jealous. And then, I mean, he didn't mention this, but you know, we were on fire. Not only were we attending our church and a Bible study, he was going to Bible school. um, But we would go to any church service anyone would invite us to, or any conference, and and we were so on fire, and we were so broken that. Anytime there was a prayer line, we were in it, it seemed like. And there would always be, I don't know, so can I share this right now? About, I mean, I don't want to get ahead because I know we kind of talked about a part of this. But people were always coming up to him and having a word for him. You know, you will preach one day. You will minister to thousands. You will reach the world. and blah. I mean, it was just, I was so excited and then I found myself all of a sudden going, "Hey, what about me? <laughs> Where do I fit into this ministry? you know?" And I did. I got jealous. so um, he at times might have come across us, you know, knowing more than he did, you know, or superior, um, but we would battle over what a scripture meant or I, I, did, I don't read the King James Bible. I don't. I don't understand it. I went and bought a teen Bible, and and he actually was like, well, if you would just let the Holy Spirit.
0: <laughs> the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> I mean, it was ridiculous how
2: the enemy was using the word against the You know, I mean, yeah. he will deceive you. Um But we were, like I said, we were just so broken that we never stopped, I don't think, to try to, at that point, we weren't looking at ourselves, Yeah. you know, uh, being the problem. We were just looking at each other as the problem. We said those words, him and I, you know, you think you're holier than thou? Mm. Oh, should I share that one too?
0: Please don't.
2: (laughs) All right, I'm going to submit. I don't care. (laughs) I don't care.
0: Whatever you want to (laughs) do.
2: chase the devil out of me right? <laughs>
0: i don't suggest it <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. yeah pastor so, greg said are you getting the picture
2: he, I say, pastor greg said he and i i respect this he never slept on the sofa oh i did <laughs> i did just to get away from that you know uh-huh. <laughs> just being
0: honest yeah so we had lots of trouble, you know, um, <laughs> blending the family, and I, I wanted to get to the, you know, part about, you know, how it, you know, I, I'm careful about saying this because it wasn't the kids, not at all, it was us, you know, and so we had Alyssa at home with us. My kids predominantly lived with their mother, Trisha, who's okay. Rhonda's oldest. Uh, Was out of high school and on her own. So we had Alyssa at home with us. And how she survived, I'll never know. But she's here today. So I take that as, you know, God's grace worked, you know. And I know what we, you know, our commitment to God is what, you know, she learned through that. Even, no matter what's going on, we stayed a hold of the Lord. You know, we kept a hold of Him. And um, that's one of the things that I wanted to share that we learned is that um, it, when you understand that because marriage is a covenant that is overseen by God, then you realize that your vows weren't just to each other, but you made a vow to marry this person uh, those vows are j- god 's just as much a part of it as you as that other person is, and so the wonderful thing about understanding that is that it keeps you in it so that you can endure long enough for God to work in your life through the process because you know a lot of times it 's because I remember this man and and one of the things I had to realize is this is God's daughter. You know, he allowed me to marry his daughter. And I had to see that and treat her accordingly, you know, whether she deserved it or not. Whether I deserved it or not is beside the point, you know. And so there were times, you know, honestly, the, it was, there was so much conflict in our relationship. You know, there were times that I was going to God and I was like, you know, I can't do this. You know, why is she like this? Why is she? (laughs) I mean, can I get a witness? Has anybody ever been there before? (laughs) You know, in our immaturity, we think if he would just change her, everything would be okay. Okay. You know, not realizing that it was me that was causing her to be a lot of the ways that she was. You know, it was me not providing the the right uh, atmosphere of security and love and stuff to where she could feel safe in the relationship. And so, you know, I would go to God and, you know, be, you know, having my private conversations with him. And he, you know, we would have a conflict and he would say, go make amends, go I'm like,
2: I didn't do anything wrong.
0: <laughs>
2: and then he would come apologize and I'd go, you're just doing that because God told you.
0: <laughs> messed up, people. Messed up. <laughs> but, you know, we, we did. We stayed together because of our vows in the sight of God. You know, you can't honorably dissolve a marriage in the sight of God outside of the covenant being broken through sexual immorality anything else is unacceptable (laughs) you know and we've got to get that luckily we were both committed to God to where we honored our relationship with him and stuck it out and gave him time to work Because God doesn't just wave His hand over your life and just everything's fixed instantly. No, it's through process. Because the problem is you needing to be changed. It's not your spouse. It's not your wife. It's not if you had a better husband or you had a better wife. No, it's you. And you can never be a victor until you quit being a victim. If everything's outside of you that's your problem, then you're helpless. But when you realize that it's you, and you will humble yourself and submit to God's process of changing you. Then things can become, begin to change. You know. And so. Yeah. We have to. Uh, you know. Submit to the Lord. But that understanding our covenant being. Uh, God being a part of it. You know. In Ecclesiastes 4.12. It says that a three strand cord is not easily broken. And that third strand is Christ. You know, I don't understand, you know, without him being in the middle of the braiding together of our lives, we can easily be broken. But I'm telling you, if you will make, put him first, if you'll stay committed to him and stay committed to the process of God transforming you as an individual, each of you, then God will begin to work your relationship together because Union itself isn't unity. You know, on the day you get... I remember uh, Pastor Lawrence Neeson said this. He said, most people prepare for a wedding, not a marriage. And they spend all this time preparing for a day. And in that day, yes, you enter into union. But unity is a lifetime commitment to a process. And that's what's so hard is that it's the process is about God changing you, and the hardest thing for us to do a lot of times is look at ourselves. So we—that um, was the thing that we learned. I believe if you're committed to that, if you understand that alone, you're you have a leg up on most people. Even in the church, you know, people are so committed to themselves. Um, that it gets in the way of their commitment to God and each other.
2: Well, I just want to say, you know, I agree. I mean, it's a complete process, but we have to first learn to trust God. You know, yeah. God knows we're not going to trust him right off because that's why the Bible tells us so many different times, it, you know, to trust in him, not lean on our own understanding. And, you know, it's it's because if man, your own father or man has, you know, I'm not just meaning a man, man, or a woman, have hurt you. You know, we don't trust people. And how can we trust God? But we've got to learn to trust him. And I think one of my um, very first, um, and this was only maybe a, well, probably about a year into the marriage, if that long. I mean, it was just so bad. And um, I felt like God spoke to me. He said, you know, you've got to understand the divine order of marriage. It's God, your spouse, then your children. And that was hard for me because it was just me and my kids, you know, and they're my blood. And God, how can you expect me to put him above my children when he's really not nice right now, me, you know? <laughs> and I just want to explain, you know, our hell on earth was screaming and yelling. You know, we were never abusive or through anything. I mean, it's nothing like that. It was just. We would yell for a good 30 minutes, maybe, and then not talk to each other for three weeks. I mean, that's kind of how <laughs> we functioned. And um, But anyway, when he, I felt like God was sharing that with me, I told him, I said, I'm going to do it. It's not that I want to, or I think it's going to be easy, but I'm going to do it. And it almost made me feel like um, I was turning my back on Alyssa. You know, like I said, Tricia was out of the house, so I didn't have her right there, but yeah you know, I just I knew I had to trust him in that, and it was going to be a process um, to be able to do that. So finally, because like I said our, our our issues weren't the kids blending. when they were around each other, that was fine. It was what was happening when all the kids were together. You know, I just felt like, um my discipline the way I disciplined and my expectations were a lot different than his. I'll put it that way. Um, but the way, when his kids were there, I'll put it that way, and then when they were gone, it was completely different for him, you know, and that was part of his guilt, and, and I didn't understand that, so I buy a book, I went to Mardell, bought a book, on it's a Christian book on blended families, and, and I got this revelation in the beginning, I went running to camp and said, oh my gosh, Jesus had a stepdad, <laughs> when you think about it, he had half siblings, I mean, he was in a blended family, I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. So I read the whole book, and at the very end, it said, but no matter what, it takes a good five years to blend a family. So I just threw the book. Because <laughs> I wanted that microwave God to fix everything, you know. I didn't want it to be a process. You know, and now I can look back and think, oh, Rhonda, you're so goofy, you know, <laughs> so ridiculous, because I just wanted our family to be fixed, you know. And... um then I had to realize I had to submit to him, and I, I just don't understand the world that we live in today, that women have such an issue with the words, uh, Christian women, with the words submit, because it's biblical, <laughs> I mean, and it's not saying, and I know people in Pastor Greg and Pastor Karen even talked about this last week, and I just thought that is the point, is that I had to submit to His leadership over me. And if I, and if he's not going to submit to God and I'm not going to submit to him, we are out of his protection. And when I learned to start submitting to him, God had to take me through a lot to get me there. Um, That's when I can look back and see changes starting to happen. Um, You know, God even spoke to me and said, you know, because I did, I said, change him, I'm done, you know, I can't handle it anymore, <laughs> and God's like, no, I can't change him, all I can do is help change you, you know, so um, I had to submit, and it was so, so hard, because like I said, I had taken care of myself all those years, Um Kevin and I are both procrastinators, but I think he might be a little bit worse than I am. (laughs) And especially back then, he didn't have any responsibilities really coming into our marriage. Um, I did everything. Um, I I wanted him to do things my way, and he wanted, like, control of our finances, and I couldn't do that. (laughs) I couldn't turn loose of that, you know, because it was mine, and I had always done it. And I'm just going to say it and i'm sorry um i was the breadwinner you know it's like i I just couldn't trust him and so finally he just kept after me about wanting to be the man you know and lead i said okay here and i gave him an envelope and back in those days you had to pay your bills with a check and mail it in some of you younger ones don't know that So anyway, I gave an envelope that was going to Southwestern Bell or whatever. It's our home phone, landline. And I said, mail it. Just mail it for me. That's how you can do it to help me. I wrote out the check. I put it in there, and I said, mail it. Two weeks later, our phone gets shut off. (laughs) It's still in the pickup, the envelope with the check. So that's when I was like, "Mm mm-hmm, I don't have to let you do that. So I, I pulled that back, and then... It wasn't a couple weeks later, we went to, I think it was Word Explosion, maybe, at Victory. But anyway, I went down, and, you know, people are praying over him. I'm just standing in this crowd, and this lady taps me on the shoulder, and she said, God has a word for you. And I thought, finally, finally, God's got a word for me. Okay, bring it. You know, I was ready. And she said, and I'm paraphrasing because it's been a long time, but basically she said, God told her to let me know that I need to let him be the leader And take over. And if he failed, let him fail, but just keep letting him go. And you know what I thought to myself? I thought, lady, you don't know (laughs) that. Not realizing God told her that, right? I even thought of a bad word to call her, but I didn't. So on the way home, Kevin's like, What was your word? What was your word? Shut up. So, by the time we got close to Olive, I said, because God was working on me so much, I was like, God said that I needed to turn um, leadership over to you, that you need to lead us, you know. And I know He was enjoying every <laughs> word that came out of my mouth. Yes. <laughs> so now He pays the electric bill, I pay the gas bill. <laughs> We share,
0: huh? <laughs> the Lord is... has heard my cry.
2: <laughs> but it no. was very hard. I mean, it really is hard. But you know, ten years ago, I had a memory on my Facebook. I'm showing Kevin. I thought, how amazing is that? Ten years ago, we were um, sharing our testimony about like this at Walton, Lake Church Walton. Um, we had been over there maybe, I don't maybe about a year long. at that time. If it was ten years ago. Um, and God has yeah. had brought us so far at that time. But even after that, I mean, we still have obstacles, and there still challenges. Um, 2015, uh, 2000 and I don't know, 2013 is when that happened. And I don't know if you all realize, he had came on staff over here. We had a church um, in drumride at the time, so we had Sunday night and Wednesday night services. And... So we were in Olten on Sunday mornings. Then ended up, I don't remember what year, but Kevin came over here on Wednesday nights and was doing worship here. And I was at Drumright, not doing worship. You don't ever want that. Um, I played video music and ministered. So while he was here, I was in Drumright ministering on Wednesday nights. And then um, this was the next, oh, God, so good. Time I had to really submit to him being the spiritual leader of our home and the man of our home, the leader of our home. Um we uh I'm trying to remember exactly, but anyway, I don't remember exactly when. But in 2015, he we were walking the streets of drummer and we did that often and prayed for that community. And when we walked right back up toward the church, he said, We're gonna close where to life down. sorry and it broke me so hard and instantly I just wanted to fight him but I knew that I had to trust him and God was working I mean five years before that I laid into him, and I just said I wasn't probably nice but I said fine (laughs) do what you got to do because I know if it's God telling you you're hearing him correctly you know And that was one of the hardest things I think I had done in ministry was having to submit and trust him to make the decision of where we need to be. And look at us today, and I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. Sorry. (laughs) I am just so thankful that he was obedient, but at the same time that I trusted God and I trusted him as our leader and that I submitted to him. Because I don't know where we would have been. If We we wouldn't be in ministry if mm-hmm. we would have stayed in drum right, you know.
0: Right, right. Let me do, I just feel to share just a little bit on submission because uh, she's talking about, you know, from the wife's perspective. But, you know, guys, the scripture tells us that the husband is to love the wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And then it says, "The wife is to reverence her husband as the church reverences Christ, and so anytime I you know do counseling with the with you know families or just men alone because i 've talked to a lot of men guys the the responsibility for really getting that going in the right direction is with the husband because right. the church is a responder to Christ, just as a wife is a responder to." To her husband. And you know. Men have this idea. They just need to submit. Now submission means a voluntary. Coming under the leadership of somebody else. So really it's creating the ability to trust you. That's why it takes so long. And even more in a blended family. Because if you've been married before. The distrust that came into her life through You know, how she was betrayed by the former is carried in. That lack of trust is carried into that relationship. And you have to, for lack of better words, prove to her that she can trust you. And so that's why it takes so much time. You have to be in it and you have to be in the process so that you can become the person that she needs to you to be so that she can begin to trust you. Yes, trusting God, but it has to come, you know, she's got to be able to trust God and in changing you and you providing that so she can respond. You know, when you create, when you provide the right nutrients for any, you know, I always think of like a rose, you know, you're growing a rose plant, you create, you give it the right conditions the right nutrients it will it'll grow and it'll bloom and you'll have a beautiful rose that's what i think about as far as my wife you know and uh, the reason i use the rose is because that th- it has thorns you're going to get pricked a few times <laughs> along the way <laughs> that's christ giving himself being willing to take the you know endure pain in the process you know it's not just you know there's some pain in the process and you got to be willing to endure that the last thing I want to say is that we just you got to learn conflict resolution and that can only come when you grow and mature as a believer you know we preach from this pulpit all the time the importance of being in the word and being engaged in the process of spiritual maturity And the reason why is because you can't function right if you don't grow. This Bible is not something that we read to, you know, try and impress God with our reading. You know, like he's going to be, oh my gosh, I can't believe you read my word. That is so wonderful. (laughs) No, no, this is the words of life. These are the words of life. This is the, this word It changes us. It transforms us into the person we need to be able to be to function in the institution that God created for us to function in. Without it, we're handicapped. I mean, without it, we're operating by what we've learned through life experience. And you can't learn truth through experience. You have to learn it through the Word of God. So you've got to learn how to, to be able to have conflict resolution because you're going to have conflict. There's going to be conflict. And we were just not good at that. And, um, you know, we have different perspectives. I know Pastor uh, Greg and Pastor Karen talked about last week how they're different, you know. And that's a strength. It's not a weakness. God created us diverse for a reason. Not to uh, compete with each other, but to complement one another. And you have to learn that. That was one of the things that, you know, for for a husband, your greatest need from your wife is to feel the reverence and respect. If she's the closest person, the person that you've chosen to spend your life with, being as god made you a leader her her if she reverences you you're you're confident in your leadership if she doesn't you're you're have a lack of confidence in that and so what would happen is we would disagree about things and i would see disagreement as disrespect I take it personally. Just because she didn't see things the same way I did. I saw disagreement as disrespect. And the reason why is because when you're immature, you're insecure.
2: Can I add something to that? Sure. But not only, a dis- you, you might have taken that wrong, but I did disrespect him. Mm. I mean, it takes a lot to be honest sometimes. but And he knows this. We've talked about this before, too. But I would... Um, Everyone knows. Everyone loves Kevin, right? That's all. I mean, and I've shared this before with ladies. I mean, it's like, yes, he's full of joy, but he's still a man when he gets home. He's not always smiling and happy, especially after that game last Saturday. Hey, I love the Sooners, but anyway, I'm just saying he's not always full of joy. Um, but we would go through, like, these horrendous arguments and issues, and then get in front of people, especially at church, and he would be all like, all oh, happy, that's why we don't drive to, to church together, because <laughs> it would just be ugly, and then he'd get out and be all, but it would just hurt me, because everyone would be like, oh, he's so wonderful, and you're just the, I mean, not, I'll put it that way. <laughs> so I'd find myself going, well, but he, or he did, and, and I would do that in public. And it was so wrong because, but I just wanted, and it was wrong, but I just wanted people to know that I wasn't the, the, the bad one or the problem or whatever it was. Um, but, you know, like I said, it took a long time for God to show me that. I mean, God had to work on me. Like I so said, when he said, I'm going to change you, I had to go into my heart and see what all the ugly was. You know, the anger, the bitterness, the jealousy, whatever was there and whatever caused that. You know, I had to deal with that. Because, you know, like I said, he needs respect for me. And I had that attitude, he needed to earn it. No, that's part of submission, you know. And that was like, you know, God sending the lady to me saying, let him fail. He's going to fail. And I had to learn that. You know what? If everyone thinks he's wonderful and no one likes me, that's their problem, not (laughs) mine. I'm not going to worry about that because he is wonderful, (laughs) but he's still a man. He's still a human. He's not perfect, but they don't need... To experience what i 'm experiencing in my in my personal life, and God grew me through that too. I can honestly tell you now he 's chilled me out i 'm a lot more mellow i don 't let things bother me like I used to. you know the things that used to really irritate me or whatever it 's just like pff, whatever um, things that might make us want to fight ten years ago, now we just maybe mumble at each other a time or two, and it's like oh. Pff, You know, and we we discovered, you know, it was like on conflict resolution, it's like, it's not about who's right or wrong. It's about, okay, what's the problem here and how can we fix it together? Right. You know, and that really made a difference, too. But I just Mm -hmm. wanted to share that I'm sorry, but I was really mean at times.
0: (laughs) Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I'm sorry, too. (laughs) I just, uh, when you're immature, you're insecure, and you're always in defense mode. You know, you got to grow up uh, to where you don't take everything as a personal attack. And, um, you know, you married that person to be a partner, not an adversary. Mm -hmm. You know, and the enemy's real good at coming in and making you see your spouse as an adversary to where, you know, you forget that you were both joined together by God for the purpose, the divine purpose of representing the kingdom of heaven and exercising dominion on this earth. That's why the devil wants to get in the middle of that union and cause you to be in opposition to one another rather than in unity. And so, you know, I I just... um, I just want to say, you know, our what we desire is that you just take, you know, what God has, you know, been able to do, which is just keep us together first of all. <laughs> but, you know, to we to where we really do function in unity now and God has really blessed our life so much, you know, but you know, we can't really take credit for it. we just, you know, held on to him, you know, through. And I'm telling you that if each person is committed to pursuing the Lord and his transformative process in your life, through his word, through prayer, through your connection to the corporate body, God will do exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ask. And not just that, more than you could even imagine. So I just wanted you to be encouraged today, you know, um, with all of the obstacles and hurdles that we had to overcome, God is faithful. God is faithful. And the thing that He begins, He will see it to completion in your life. And it will bring Him more glory for you to stay together and work it out. Then for you just to give up and part ways. God will be glorified in it if you'll hang on. He will take your brokenness and make something um, out of it that he can use to um, show how good he is, <laughs> you know, to show how good he is. So as we close, I just want to pray. Um, Just a general prayer. We were praying yesterday, and I just really felt an anointing on praying over relationships. But I also wanted to tell you that at the end, when we dismiss, there's going to be ministers up here. And if you want to come and talk to somebody, you know, you and your spouse, or just receive prayer, whatever it is, the purpose of this series is to help you strengthen your marriage, strengthen your resolve, To stay uh, committed and submitted to the Lord. And give him time to work. Okay? So, Father, we just thank you, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus. We just thank you for this opportunity to share, Father God, our story. Just as a testimony, Father God, of your goodness and how that you never fail, Father. That as we stay hanging on to you, clinging on to you, that you're able to take the worst of situations and bring something good out of it father god we thank you for your goodness we thank you that you are greater within us than he who is in the world we just pray over marriages right now those who are struggling father i just pray that they would find hope in their heart that you can uh, that they can submit to you and allow you to work in their lives and bring them together into your divine order where they can experience the blessing That you intended marriage to be from before the foundation of the world. That they would see the holy purpose in their union. And that they would learn how to operate by the principles that guide that union and cause it to prosper. Those who are in a 911 situation, there's help here. There's grace from God here for you. God has grace for you. For those who are blending families that you may have identified with some of the struggles that we had, uh, I want to tell you that God has grace for you. That when we celebrated our vows uh, over our 20-year anniversary, all of our kids and all of our grandkids were there, and we were able to stand before them and testify to the goodness, your goodness, Father God. And we just give you praise and thanks for your faithfulness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for letting us share. God bless you. You're dismissed.